Growing up in a small town in Hampshire, England, BMK Fewings threw herself into writing novels. Once she hit adulthood, however, she took a different path, becoming a registered nurse and a midwife and then joining the British Army. She eventually rose to the rank of captain, and military duty took her to various parts of the world, including Germany, Cyprus, and Hong Kong. After leaving the army, she heard the sunny shores of California calling, so she applied for a green card and moved to the United States. Here, her old childhood love of writing re-emerged, and she began penning Stonemasters, her series of vampire novels, the third of which was published in the fall of 2011 by Zopa Books. We'll talk about breathing new life into a popular genre, working with a mid-sized publisher, and making the transition from vampires to romantic comedy, as VMK Fewings joins us on the Scripts and Scribes podcast right now. Welcome to the Scripts and Scribes podcast. I'm your host, Krista Bean, and today we have with us on the show, novelist VMK Fewings. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Krista, for having me here. I'm very, very excited to be chatting with you today. Yeah, likewise. Now, let me ask you, because your real first name is Vanessa, but you write under uh, VMK. Why Why is that? Well, really, um, I had heard a, a rumor that uh, uh, male readers don't actually pick up books with female names. <laughs> so uh, that really was the main reason why I went for VMK. But also, you know, I was told it had a good ring to it, so... It That's does. why we go with that. Yeah, it's yeah. actually the, the, the J.K. Rowling route. Yeah, well, VMK, I do. I am actually Vanessa Marie Kathleen. So um, those those initials are real. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right, because hers was, yeah. Yeah. That's I think funny. she added her aunt, which is very cute. <laughs> Yeah. So now, um, talk a little about a, a little bit about your uh, Stonemaster series. You've got three books out, and the fourth one on the way. Uh, talk talk about your about the plot. Sure. Well, um, yes, as you say, there's three books in the series, and it's it's about sophisticated vampires living in the underworld of London and a secret society called the Stonemasters who are hunting them down. Um, and that's pretty much the books in a nutshell. Uh, and it's always very difficult for me to try to squeeze the books into one log line because when I write, I really do try to uh, write something that's very sweeping, a very thrilling novel. So, but that's pretty much how, how I would do it. If I had to sum it up very quickly, that's how I would do it. And it, it looks like on, on Goodreads, just reading the, the summaries of each book, it seems like you, you start with your um, main character and then in, in the the sequential books, it seems like other characters sort of become sort of dual protagonists. So it, it seems like it, rather than following one particular character, that uh, others really come and sort of share the limelight. Is that is that correct? Very much so. I mean, to me, that reflects life. You know, we're not just <laughs> one character, one person. There's always others around us who share, you know, the share the stage. Right, right. So it felt very natural for these other characters to appear. And to be honest... I follow my characters along. So when a new character appears and they are larger than life, mm-hmm. uh, that sometimes they do nudge into the story. And, uh, and really, that's how Orpheus appeared. He ended up having his own book. Mm-hmm. So, but to be honest, I wrote A Vampire's Reckoning first, and Orpheus, um, his book, A Vampire's Rise, was the prequel. Uh, but we ended up having that as the first book. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, and it and, and seems like also, especially when you're writing multiple books about, you know, an, an ongoing story, um, 
you know, as a writer, sometimes you want to get out of the rut, so to speak, of instead of following one character all the way through, you know, sometimes you want to just kind of have a little elbow room to explore other, other characters in the same, you know, to the same level of depth. Yes. As the, as the well, it's was. never, it's never something I would say contrived. It's very much an organic experience with mm-hmm. these characters. Again, they, they sort of appear out of, out of the ether uh-huh. and uh, they, they really do feel real to me. And uh, as I'm writing them, uh, I discover, you know, their story, and then I follow them along as I'm writing. That's my style. That's my technique. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm usually as shocked, you know, as the reader is, because usually <laughs> I don't know where the story's going. Now, it's not to say that I ramble off and I, you know, there isn't a, there isn't a plan. Mm-hmm. There always ends up uh, being a good reason for why the character does what they do. And that, and that was a good reason for really writing uh, uh, Orpheus, or his his other name is Dormir Valdez. I really wanted to work out and, and understand him, because he's he's the um, antagonist. He's the baddie. So it was very important for me to kind of explore his life, his world, and 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 sort of discover why he did the things he did and why he was how he was. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's especially important with with you know the evil characters because it, it's so easy to just say oh he's the bad guy. He's just evil. There's no, you know, yeah. but, but actually exploring and figuring out where that evil comes from and, you know, the, the reasoning behind it. And I think that's, I mean, that takes a character from being, you know, flat to being just, you know, incredibly interesting. Yeah. And multi-layered. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, you have to, I think it's important to be careful with an origin, origin story mm-hmm. because, you know, it, it can be a little tedious if you're not careful. But with, with Dormier, he was just, you know, showing me such a rich life and a rich childhood and a rich, um, you know, these experiences that really did show why he would transform and why he would have this incredible character arc, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the book. So right, right. I, it, it was fascinating for me to read, really. I re- <laughs> you do feel sometimes as a writer like you are just witnessing, you know, this experience. Yeah. And... No, don't. I mean, I, we've talked before about you being a writer, Kristen. I think you you feel that way too, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. And, and also, when you when you go back and read something that you wrote a long time ago and haven't really um, read since then, and sometimes you don't even remember having written it, and you're like, oh gosh, you know, this is really interesting. This is exciting to watch something unfold, especially when you know when it's not fresh in your mind. And, and yes, and I, I don't know about you, but what I find it so wonderful about writing it's what draws me back time and time again is when all the situations kind of cross over uh-huh. and circumstances mapped up perfectly mm-hmm. it, it's almost like and, and, and if you plotted it then you would understand it but when you haven't and everything sort of makes sense at the end you're like well it's just it's just a wonderful experience to, it, yeah it really to is come together yeah, when especially yeah, there's something that 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 ends up coming full circle, and even if you didn't plan it that way, it's like, oh my gosh, this works so well, you know. Yeah, I think I think that's that's where you get your writer's high. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, a lot of writers say that that when they have that moment, that aha moment, you know, <laughs> that makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, know? absolutely, absolutely. Now, was it hard um, uh, selling a vampire series? It's such a popular genre nowadays especially with you know twilight and a lot of younger readers uh reading vampire novels um talk a little bit 
I'm sorry, talk a little bit about how your books uh, differ from the other vampire books out there. Oh, that's a really, really good question. I started writing vampires before, you know, the craze took off. Mm -hmm. So it was my number one chosen genre. So I'm passionate about it, and I'm passionate about getting it right. I grew up reading Anne Rice Mm -hmm. um, and falling in love with her world, her vampires. So really, my vampires are uh, the quintessential, sophisticated, uh, really, I I try to make them more authentic. Mm -hmm. So when I'm writing about the characters over hundreds of years, I really want it to feel real. Like these people have really been transformed into vampires. Mm-hmm. The other thing I, I love to do is I write at a pretty fast clip in that um, there's a lot going on in the book, mm-hmm. but the, the reader is able to keep up, mm-hmm. but they but really don't tend to spend too long on talking about one idea. Uh-huh. I really do find that, you know, as in life, when someone's off on an adventure, you do try to keep up and, um, you know keep that pace going so that yeah. that my series really comes from the heart and it's mm-hmm. not something that I was asked to write or that I thought would would fit into the genre I started writing it many years ago so mm-hmm. that's pretty much it yeah well now what kind of because your, your books are very historical and they take place over multiple centuries in different countries what kind of historical research do you do well, luckily for me, I grew up in England, so and, and my education included a uh, study of history and uh, obviously a lot of British history, which is what's featured in the book. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I but I try not to weigh the book down too heavily with that because that can make uh, a little a little dry and slow the story. So I try to uh, put small, uh, delicate touches into the prose to make it sound more authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as research is concerned, what I tend to do is I tend to write once I hit the moment where I need to um, be precise about what the character is eating. For example, uh, 400 years ago, you know, um, the diet was completely different. And uh-huh. what people were wearing on their shoes, uh, on their feet, uh, was completely different. Mm-hmm. And hairstyles. So I really do stop where I am. I research the specifics, mm-hmm. even down to you know, um, details like pots of honey and how they stored food. Uh-huh. Again, not to um, put too much into the book, but just enough to make it feel authentic. And it's because I've, I've written a little bit of historical things as well. And it was it's like you, you know, a character goes to put on their shoes. And then you have to think, oh, wait, do they strap their shoes? Do they buckle their shoes? Like, That's you know, great. every little detail is like something you have to, take into consideration, you know, to keep that. That's exactly it. Yeah. And most readers, most readers may not even pick that up, but occasionally mm -hmm. if someone is um, aware of that that period of history, um, you're really going to want to, you know, keep everybody happy to try to really uh, be accurate as possible. Yeah, I feel like you always need to sort of shoot for the rafters as far as assume that everyone that's reading it is going to have some sort of PhD in that, you know, history in that, that time period. And you don't want those people calling you out saying, oh, that wasn't right. That wasn't That's right. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I mean, it's, um, you know, you want to, at the end of the day, you want to put something out there that you're really proud of. 
right. and that you work really hard on and that, yeah, something that will stand the test of time. And as you say, you know, you, you assume everybody's going to be able to pick up that, you know, somebody can't be eating a, a baked potato or something, you know, in a certain <laughs> century, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. So now talk a little bit about how you got hooked up with uh, Zova Books. Uh, they're a small publisher and they're publishing, um, they publish the Stone Master series. Um, uh, were you agented at the time or, or not agented? No, I wasn't agented. I had the pleasure of meeting uh, Matthew Pizzo, who is the CEO for uh, Zova Books. And uh, along with Dan Silver, later on I was introduced to Dan Silver and Molly Lewis. They're a fantastic team who runs Zova Books. And uh, so it was through Matthew, really, um, who I'd met at the Shrine many years before at a signing. And uh, I just got back in touch with him when I saw on his Facebook page he was uh, opening a, a publishing house or starting up a publishing house. And I said, hey, would you like to, you know, pick up, pick up the books? And, uh, and they had such a fantastic vision for them. Everything from the way they were going to present the covers to um, tweaking the editing, to just presenting the books in a series. I mean, they really have done them justice. I'm so thrilled to be with Zover Books. And was it their idea to to um, have your, your prequel book was actually released as the first in the series, uh, Vampires Rise? That's right. That was the first book I wrote, yeah. Mm-hmm. So now... Yes, it was, it was Matthew. Matthew had said, um, hey, why don't we put a Vampires Rise first? It... it, it makes sense mm-hmm. and I had actually been mulling over the idea myself but it was Matthew that really uh, made it happen and and yeah yeah it's probably a good idea because then you could just go straight you know continue with the series sort of in a, in a sequential in, in a straight it's, line yes and I think for the reader it's more satisfying they, mm-hmm. they you know they, they really start from the very beginning and uh you know, can follow the story along. And of course, there's a huge twist at the end of A Vampire's Rise, as there, there is with A Vampire's Reckoning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it really does. I think it's it's uh, a lot more satisfying a read for, yeah. you know, the fans of the series. Mm-hmm. Now, Although we have said that they're standalone books and could be read in any order, um, oh. because they are, they, we really did strive to make sure they were standalone that's always that's always helpful as you come up, you know, sometimes you, you, you sometimes I'll, I'll be sitting there in the bookstore or the library and I'll see a book that looks good and it's like number three. I'm just like, oh, well, I should probably read number one and two first. But yeah, I know it can be a little overwhelming sometimes to some people. Um, but yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's important that you can pick up the book, really feel immersed in the story. And then if you if you're if you've enjoyed it, uh, you can then, you know, pick up another one. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. Now you're you're currently working on the uh, fourth book in the series, but you're writing something else as well. What what are you focusing on right now? I'm actually uh, stretching myself as a writer, and I'm writing a romantic comedy right now. I I've plotted it out. I've actually have a, a co uh, we call it a co-writer, but her name's Christina, and uh, we're pretty much working on a. a project where she came up with this fantastic idea uh-huh. and I said I think I think we could you know pull this off I think we could write this together so pretty much uh, I'm pretty much scribing it mm-hmm. and uh, I finished the first draft and uh, so we plotted it together we finished the first draft and hopefully I should have something 
something <laughs> good in the next four to five weeks, something ready uh, to be read oh, by others. Yes. That's fantastic. Now, how does how does writing romantic comedy differ from vampires? I mean, they're very different genres. Um, well, that's a really good question. I when I'm writing this uh, my the vampire book. Mm-hmm. It feels like a heavier tone, a more serious tone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, so when I'm writing in the romantic comedy, it's a faster clip. I actually imagine the character being cute and mm-hmm. fun to be around, which is, of course, different to a character who lived over 400 years and is, is you know, is a lot more serious. <laughs> right. I mean, that, that's not to say that my vampire characters don't have um, a great sense of humor, but for the most part, when you're writing romantic comedy, it's got to be, you know, again, it's got to be something that's really fun to read and makes the reader laugh a lot, laugh a lot. Right. You know? So, and, and that you're not going to do that with a gothic novel. It's going to be a lot, you know, a lot more intense, a lot darker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess anytime you've got blood flowing, you're not necessarily going to have a lot of yeah, you know, cute, well, cute yeah, characters I mean, and page turning comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, um, the vampire novel really is about exploring the human condition, mm-hmm. about staying with a character and getting to know who they are and how they're coping with their, you know, their experience. So there is a little bit of uh, the spilling of blood, but more, it's more a, story, a character-driven piece, each mm-hmm. book. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, you um, talk a little bit about your life you were in the British Army for a long time and you lived in all different I parts was. of the world um and then you came to America and you, your writing career began talk, talk a little bit about that that sort of drastic change in your life well um yeah I grew up in a town called Aldershot Hampshire and uh discovered you know writing although I discovered writing it really wasn't something that um we didn't have any writers in the family I didn't really know any authors, so it wasn't something that would be a natural progression for me for a career. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I was kind of nudged in towards nursing, and that really fit me pretty well. Um, so I became a registered nurse in England and became a midwife, and I did. I actually uh, was very lucky enough to to join the British Army. I was a captain in the British Army. I was a lieutenant initially and got promoted to captain after a couple of years and then <laughs> uh, traveled. Traveled to Hong Kong and Germany and Cyprus and uh, lived some time in England too. But at, at the end of those eight years, I decided I wanted a new adventure. I had a choice whether to stay in the Army or uh, go off on a new adventure, and I did. I came to America. So, and, and I've lived here ever since, and I'll probably stay here forever now. <laughs> I love it so much. You like the the warm, dry weather rather than the uh, yeah. rain and chill, well, the, yeah. Yeah, and the people are pretty fantastic too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I do there, love it here. Now, is there any chance any of that experience is going to play into your writing in the future? Oh, uh, well, as far as as far as I'm actually writing from an American character's point of view for the fourth novel. Oh, okay. And I and I do so as far as. Uh, that's concerned, but I don't know. I mean, you know, I love writing fantasy because fantasy for me is an escape. It's a way of getting away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I never say never. And of course, as Stephen King would say, every experience goes into a writer's toolbox and you draw on them later. 
So right. we'll see. You know, I'll say we'll see. Right now I have a few ideas, uh, which is uh, no, none of them. None of them would relate back to what I've done. So oh, okay. we'll see, though. Yeah. So, so now what's your typical writing style on an ordinary day? Do you prefer writing at home? Do you prefer writing out in public somewhere, early morning, late night? First thing in the morning, actually. I just mm. get up and go straight to the computer um, uh, and start writing. I, I do not check the internet. Mm. I, I don't uh, check email. Um, I make tea, and that's mm. it. And then hopefully, you know, I, I get into the groove, and usually do because I'm so sleepy, because I can <laughs> get up at five. You know, you can get up at five in the morning and that's my best writing time, anything from four or five in the morning. Wow. And then I pretty much, yeah, it actually just disappear. And four hours later, you know, you suddenly kind of come to and you realize what the time is. <laughs> and uh, hopefully you've written something that, you know, you, you can use, which is for the most part, I'm pretty lucky. I, uh, I keep most of what I write. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because there's, there's always something a little dissatisfying about writing like an entire, you know, five or six pages and you say, oh, this isn't working at all. And you just, I, I actually always have a folder of, of saved scenes. I can't bear to just actually delete it. So I just move it over to another folder and, and just yes. keep it there and probably never use it again. But I have, yeah, I have done that, um, especially in the editing process. When you look at it and you go, oh, I can't, you know, either the editor will say, mm, I'm not quite sure about this. Um, uh, and then I've rarely had that, but whenever I've had that, you know, I kind of move it over to another file, reluctant to let that go. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so it's it's. I, I think Stephen King uh, addresses it like he says, uh, "Killing your babies because you just love what you've written, yes. <laughs> yes. but it, but it doesn't fit the story. Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, I suppose, you know, I suppose I should let this go." And yeah. uh, it really does. When you read back on, on what you've done, you're like, yes, he's right. It does fit better. Yeah. And, and you never know when those same ideas could be just tweaked and used elsewhere. You know, some, some future work. So that's true. Yeah. Now, who are your your writing influences? Oh gosh, um, there were so many. Um, growing up, it was obviously Anne Rice and mm-hmm. Isaac Asimov. I loved science fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, more recently, I've actually fallen in love with the work of uh, Judith and Garfield Reese Stevens. They wrote their latest book, was called Search, uh-huh. and they're a husband and wife writing team. Oh, um, oh and I just love their last book. So, um, so it's it's so you know it's so vast. So many writers. There's so many great writers out there. I actually read. Um, a, a Meg Cabot novel recently, mainly mm-hmm. because it's in a similar genre that I'm now writing. And, oh, she writes so beautifully. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many great writers out there. It's so tough to pick out yeah. You know, yeah. authors and say specifically. But if I had to, I think it would be my great admiration for Anne Rice and mm-hmm. her style. And, you know, so it would so, be her. Yeah. Yeah, because she... she... I mean, she has so many novels. She was actually at the uh, the, the book festival a couple of weeks ago. I know. I, and I, or not. I know. I so wanted to go over it. I didn't want to miss her, but I was signing. I was lucky enough uh, to be signing at Silver Books booth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I was sad to miss her. I was with uh, Jessica Steele and, and uh, Wes Albers. So we were mm-hmm. all signing there. So I just didn't want to, you know, because sometimes you end up spending hours away from the booth and you feel a little guilty that you should be, <laughs> yeah. you know. 
How many books could I have signed in that time? I know. You feel like people sometimes say, oh, I'm going to come and get your third novel, and you're nervous about, you know, missing them. So, So, well, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to do, we have a little thing uh, at the end we do here called Rapid Fire, which is where um, I'll present questions that are either or, and I'll say, you know, black or white, and you just choose which one. Which one? Okay. Okay. Ready? Uh, Coffee or tea? Would you rather be bitten by Lestat or Edward Cullen? Oh, Lestat. (laughs) Um, This is actually a three-parter. Germany, Cyprus, or Hong Kong? Oh. Oh. I think Hong Kong. Ah, interesting. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Stonehenge or Warwick Castle? Uh, Stonehenge. And would you rather spend eternity with Orpheus or Jaden? Ooh, I think Jaden. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Vanessa. Well, thank you so much, Krista, for inviting me again. I've really had fun. Yeah, this was a great time. So um, Vanessa's, uh, her first three books in the Stone Master series are available now. And you can visit her online at vmkfewings.com or on Twitter at vmk underscore fewings. And if you have any questions on the craft or business of writing, send us an email to ask at scriptsandscribes.com or send us a tweet to at scriptscribes. And there's no and in the middle there, just at scriptscribes. Thanks for listening. 